Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. Welcome to episode number four, the holiday edition of the Managing Your Microsoft Digital Solutions series. I'm your host, Andrew Walker, alongside David Crouch, and it feels pretty good to do a podcast during the Christmas season. And David, I think you would agree we're feeling pretty festive, right? Uh, indeed we are, Andrew. Uh, I just had to tell my wife to turn off the uh, Christmas carols while we record this podcast. But uh, it's funny, looking back last year at this time, of course, we were covered in snow now, I don't know what it's like uh, where you are, but uh, I'm shrouded in fog, which doesn't really feel Christmassy. Yeah, I, there was some fog when I was traveling over here, but uh, luckily it's gone away, but it could come back. But not only is it Christmas, but it's also sliding into the end of the year when people often look back. And what are some key things that come to mind for you? Well, uh, on the Microsoft front, which is, of course, what the theme of this podcast is, I guess it's the massive amount of change. And we're going to talk about that at the end of the show. Their strategy, I believe, is changing. Their product line is, is changing and their whole marketing is changing. On the ITK side, it's been a fabulous year. We've had continued growth, continued repositioning in the market. We've added new people. We've added new clients. And we're really getting ready to move our services into some of the changes that's, that are happening with Microsoft's platform. We're building up our, our own uh, intellectual property. We're standardizing some of our service delivery. And we're moving to uh, managed solutions. So what things do you uh, look back on? Well, probably the one biggest thing are the new apps uh, with Microsoft, such as Staff Hub and Forms. Both of them have been really good. And as well, a new one that I just reviewed, Bookings, which we'll get to in just a moment. And all of them have been a real game changer for the workforce. So that's probably one of the biggest things that comes to mind for this year. Uh, are there any other year-end or Christmas thoughts at all, David? Well, you know, I get really excited by this kind of change. Uh, of course, we're a Microsoft partner, so I'm focused on the on the changes of Microsoft and their ecosystem. But to me, this kind of change gives us and some of our clients and prospects completely new ways of doing business. And, and that's always been exciting to me. It means you've got to scramble around and you've got to learn a lot, but it can be frustrating and it requires tenacity. But in the end, it's so satisfying because you end up doing things faster, better, cheaper. Agreed. Well, we have another jam-packed session, David, and we'll be reviewing Dynamics 365 Talent and Bookings. But first, we'll get right to it with the news and a special year-end wrap-up with our special guests, Doug McLaughlin and Steve Ashenbrenner. And welcome back with the latest in Microsoft news. And we're now live on location at our Christmas party in Vancouver. Doug McLaughlin and Steve Ashenbrenner have just joined David and I. And I guess this is a bit of a change now how we originally record our podcasts. Yeah, I'd say it's a bit of a change. I've got a glass of wine in front of me, which is the first time. <laughs> of course, we got everybody here and everyone's having a good time. How about, uh, how about you, uh, Steve? Yeah, I'm having a great time. It's uh, been a fun day. Excellent. How about you, I'm doing well. I have a glass of uh, red wine, and uh, you can probably hear some of the people in the background. We might grab some of them to throw in a comment or two. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, let's get started. So, Doug, let's start with you. Now, Microsoft has announced and delivered an awful lot of new products and upgrades and features. In your opinion, what is the most important new change for Microsoft this year? 
Well, I guess as a Dynamics 365 guy, I'm really excited about version 9 and the unified interface. Uh, the new experience uh, is great. Um, it looks much more modern and more professional, so I'm going with that. I wouldn't say it's a product, but rather a drive to tie the products together and create processes for the customer's very specific needs. In the past, it's been change your process to fit the constraints of the software product. Now it's configure the product to work exactly the way they need it. And I'm emphasizing configure, not programming. That experience you have downloading and using an application from the App Store or Play Store, where all the technical details are hidden from you behind a simple interface, can now look and feel the same for your business apps. And for me, David, um, mine is the Microsoft talent, at least a part of it. And here's why. I think there's three interesting things about talent. The first one is that it's leveraging LinkedIn, and that's a huge part of what they need to be doing to really get synergy from that. The second thing is that talent was developed pretty quickly using the Azure development platform, and I've been very impressed with it. And I guess the third thing is uh, the part of talent that I like is uh, attraction and onboarding. And um, they're, they're, they're new in that they're light, they're cheap, limited functionality. And it's part of the direction that I think Microsoft's going in to do uh, some self-service in that area. Back to you, Andrew. Excellent. And one of the biggest new thrusts by Microsoft is their focus on both vertical solutions and app source. What do you think about this, David? Well, you know, um, a couple of things here. One is I like vertical, but I think there's other ways of specializing. And I think Microsoft may be a little too specialized in just industry and vertical. It reminds me I worked for years for Accenture and their industry focus, and it can help you. But there's other areas of specialization that I think are also important, horizontal and uh, and and integration, etc. In terms of app source, I kind of like it, although I think it's going to be quickly populated by everybody, uh, certainly in the consulting services side of AppSource, uh, by everybody offering the same kind of thing. And that's sort of what Microsoft's done. On the other, on the other hand, I want to make sure that the ISV offerings are really up to snuff. I've tried a couple of them and uh, haven't been all that impressed. Steve, what do you think? For me personally, I think it's a, it's a very good move. Um, clients want their own application that feels customized for them, and they don't want to pay an arm and a leg for it. Uh, the number of solutions in AppSource is, is increasing daily, and it's, it's exciting just to browse and see what's out there and, and get some ideas of certain things you'd like to do in your own business. Um, certain partners are going to be able to step up and, and take those solutions and uh, really take them across the finish line and, you know, have them the way that you're going to actually want to use them. I'm excited about AppSource as well. I think, you know, both being able to look for product solutions as well as consulting services solutions is a great move and something that businesses will take advantage of. I agree with David, though, that, you know, navigating it as it fills up with all kinds of offering is going to be difficult. And I feel like there's going to be some sort of curation needed to make it really valuable. Now, Microsoft has come under some criticism, especially last year, from Wall Street about their costly purchase of LinkedIn, as we all know. Now that they have started rolling out on some products leveraging LinkedIn, Doug, what do you think of this decision? I think LinkedIn purchase is um, a great thing for Microsoft. It, it's such an important, especially for sales professionals. Sales professionals live in LinkedIn. They depend on it. They have, I think, now over half a billion members it's, it's such an amazing asset, both for sales and, you know, we're seeing how it's being leveraged in talent. 
as well. So I think it's a great asset. I think they've only really just begun to understand what they have. Um, and I'm really looking forward to what they do with it. I always like the LinkedIn purchase, both as an investor and as a Microsoft partner. I, as a LinkedIn user, understood the value. To me, have them having, as you said, like uh, 500 million users is way more impressive to me than, than Facebook at 2 billion plus, because these are people that are really using it for a business purpose. So I, I think they have to walk a fine line here between keeping it somewhat independent of Microsoft, but at the same time using their ownership of it. And I, I love what they've done on both the sales and the recruiting side. I think this is really exciting and uh, just the start of uh, a really interesting interplay. Steve, what do you think? I mean, uh, personally myself, I love what they're doing. Um, the data in LinkedIn is clean, current, and probably the best information available to show relationships between people and the companies there is anywhere. It's really your online resume that you keep up to date. Having access to that information through your application could revolutionize how you sell and interact with your clients. Now, there's so many possibilities. And Doug, Steve, you have both worked with the latest release 9.0. What strengths and weaknesses do you see? I'm loving the new apps functionality. If you ever looked at Dynamics Menu and thought it's too confusing, you'd like to just group the entities that you need together, then the apps is the solution. It provides a menu view for your different departments, such as your sales teams, your support teams, and management. Microsoft sometimes refers to this as your hub. Additionally, you can turn this into what is called the unified interface. By using the unified interface, you can create a form once, and it will display the same on phones, tablets, and in your browser. It essentially adjusts itself automatically for any device and any screen size. The other area I was impressed with was this focus on tying all systems and processes together. Microsoft is really doing a great job at allowing non-programmers to perform simple integrations with an easy-to-use interface called Power Apps. What about you, Doug? Yeah, I agree with Steve. I'm loving the new apps functionality. There's a bit of a learning curve, and you know we've had to learn how to configure the applications and uh, and and uh, figure out how that all works. But overall, it's it's been great having the ability to have the new fresher UI of the unified interface, both on the desktop and on mobile, has been great. And I think it's a much more modern and clean look for Dynamics overall. Also, being able to use the interactive dashboards is very powerful. Clients love it. It's great functionality. The one, I guess, weakness right now is it feels like it was rushed a little bit to market. There's a few things that are not working 100% yet. Business process flows. We're having a little bit of issue with some configuration of those, and we've talked to Microsoft and put some tickets in. But overall, it's it's great, and um, as soon as they get some of those wrinkles ironed out, um, it's, it's going to be awesome. Andrew, as this is our uh, end of the year Christmas time podcast, let me just jump in with uh, with a quick question to the guys. Looking forward into 2018, and we'll we'll go through more of this in our uh, January podcast. What app or product would you like to see Microsoft get rid of, and what thing would you like Microsoft to change in 2018? And Steve, I'm going to start with you, putting you right on the spot. Give me a second to think here. <laughs> wow. Um, so I guess with the MS Paint already going out, I can't use that one. Um, do, yeah, do, 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 do. <laughs> you really put me on the spot. Let me think about this. Well, let me do this. If I just if I change this while you're thinking, 
So, Doug, what product would you like to see Microsoft move away from in 2018? And what change would you want Microsoft to make in 2018? That's a good question, David. Um, in terms of a product to discontinue, I don't know. We've all talked about Yammer. I'm not going to be original here, but I, I, I never use it. I mean, other than the occasional, you know, group that I'm a member of, um, I much prefer Teams. Um, maybe a second to that is actually Skype for Business. I'm again, I, I'm a Teams guy, and um, so uh, you know, if I, I won't shed a tear when Skype for Business goes away, as long as you know, they move all that functionality into Teams. Um, in terms of, um, you know, one thing I'd like to see change, which I guess is sort of product related, is um, I'm loving the new interactive dashboards in version 9 and also the dashboarding capability in Power BI. And I'd love to see the com a combination of those kind of drag and drop and interactive features replace the static and somewhat stale um, traditional legacy dashboards and dynamics. Well, uh, for myself, and this might not uh, be politically correct, but I'd like to get uh, rid of Edge. <laughs> and I'd like to bring uh, Internet Explorer 12, 13, 14, 15 back. I was a fan, so I'm a little bitter about that, but uh, you know, there's always Chrome. Okay, for me, uh, Doug's already mentioned it. I, I never got Yammer, and uh, the only use I make of Yammer is on the Microsoft Yammer channels, which you have to stay on to keep up with some of the community, although some of the community has moved into uh, other ways of, of getting the information out. In terms of the one thing that I would like is some kind of consistency in the quality of product delivery. We've just talked about it this afternoon. When it comes out of Microsoft Office, it seems like the bugs are very tolerable. The new thing, which uh, we're uh, going to review later on, Microsoft Talent has some more bugs than you than, than you get, but not bad. And then Dynamics 365, the number of bugs in their products. I mean, you really have to shake these products down for up to a year when they come out with new apps. So I, it would be great. I, I love the direction they're going in, but I think they just need to take a little bit uh, more time with quality assurance on the software. Excellent. Well, David, Doug, Steve, thanks so much for your inputs. Great. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks a lot. Hopefully uh, the Christmas festivities weren't too loud in the background. Theo, are we on schedule? One more to go, then it's up to you. And you better be right, because it looks like this last one's going to take a miracle. It's Christmas, Theo. It's the time of miracles. So be of good cheer and call me when you hit the last lock. Time now for our feature product review. Today, David and I are just awaiting Christmas on December 23rd, and we're going to look at an app from a brand new Dynamics 365 suite, Talent. So, David, what exactly is Talent? Yeah, Andrew, uh, Dynamics 365 Talent is one of the uh, two brand new uh, Dynamics 365 suites that uh, Microsoft has rolled out uh, this fall. And um, it's their initial foray into what's known as human capital management. They have a number of apps in this uh, suite, and, and they're going to be growing a lot in it. Um, for, th for this particular episode, that we're focusing on just the first one in the sequence of them, which is called Attraction, and that is their recruiting application. And we're looking at it also in the context of how it fits with, uh, with the LinkedIn recruiting product line. 
Well, it sounds really interesting. So first off, what is your bottom line and why? Well, Andrew, for uh, attraction, my bottom line is that it's speculate. It just doesn't provide quite enough yet, although I can see where it's going. And I can see once the LinkedIn integration is working and I had some trouble with it. So we're going to come back and revisit this this uh, suite uh, in uh, in our January podcast. It's going to be great, but it just doesn't give you quite enough yet. But the direction is uh, really exciting. Wow, that's probably the first speculate uh, we've had in this podcast series. So what are its strengths and weaknesses? Well, it's one of those things where its strength is its weakness, if you like. This is the first, and and uh, I've looked at and played with onboarding as well, but I'm not going to talk about that today. But it's they're light. They're very light applications. Now, Microsoft has other light applications. You're going to talk about one in the next segment. But in the Dynamics 365 world, you're normally used to you know applications that do a lot. And it's an interesting new direction whereby it just basically works out of the box. It's pretty easy to get going on. So it's not like the other Dynamics 365 products, which which there is quite a uh, implementation process to get people up and running on it. You can just start working with it. But that's also its weakness because uh, you can run people quickly through um, the process and it's got a built-in process map. It does the emails and so on for you. But you you can't change the emails. It's got a built-in process model, but you can't add very much to it. So it works and 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 it's really competing with Indeed, which is one of the leaders out there in the recruiting space. A lot of people use Indeed and Indeed comes with built-in process mapping so you can move people from screening through interviewing through offer. And that's exactly what um, attraction does. Uh, Attraction's strong point here is that it's fully uh, linked. Oh my God, this is just terrible. I should have written down my points. I've completely got, fallen away from it. Hang on. So we'll have to cut that whole section here. I'm going back and forth. Well, Andrew, to some degree, its strength is also its weakness. And let me explain that. In the Dynamics 365 world, most of the applications, whether it's sales, whether it's customer service, whether it's some of the ones on the AX platform, they're very, very substantial applications. And some of the other talent apps are as well. But the first two in the sequence, attraction and onboarding, are considered to be lighter weight. Now, Microsoft makes other lighter weight applications. You're going to review one later. So we've, we've seen Microsoft Forms uh, teams, etc. They just come out of the box and work. And, and that's some of the direction that Microsoft's going in. So this is a nice recruiting tracker from when somebody applies, running them through the process of screening and interviewing and um, and right to the offer stage and including other members of your team. It's, it's another one of its strengths is that it's fully integrated in with Outlook. So if you're wanting your team to to uh, set up interview times and so on. It absolutely knows to read their Outlook calendars and to post those out. And you can also post out the schedule to the uh, candidate as well. It provide, does all the emailing to candidates it, and it has this nice process model. It does have two LinkedIn integrations. Unfortunately, I was not able to get one of them working and I've got open cases with Microsoft. The first one just brings in, if you put in the, the ID, it always has the LinkedIn 
LinkedIn uh, profile right there. So you can go back and forth and look at the person. Uh, the second one, and this is what I really wanted to see, is where it, I believe it'll absolutely integrate. So if you're using LinkedIn Recruiter, LinkedIn Recruiter Lite, it'll bring those candidates over. But I wasn't able to get that working. And we're going to revisit that in January. Um, but that's also the downside of it is that if you don't have an automated way of getting people in, you have to put them in briefly. The, here they're competing with Indeed, which is one of the major recruiting tools, uh, along with LinkedIn that uh, that people that do a lot of recruiting use. And Indeed has a nice little, you know, a process built in where you can have the, the candidate status and you can communicate with the candidate. And that's exactly what this product does. Its strength is, of course, it's linked without Outlook. The other thing is that it's it's a little lightweight. So it sends out all the emails, but you can't change what's what it says in the email. It's very nice what it says. But if you wanted to say something more like we were experimenting with, we, we like to do telephone screening before we get into uh, into um, uh, people coming in and meeting with us. It's hard to actually communicate that with the person. You can't change any of the notes in the, uh, so that you can't, like, again, we like to use a, a screening formula and you can't put that in. So the strengths and weaknesses are the same thing. It's it's light, easy to use, comes right out of the box, and, and it works. But again, you can't tailor it as much. And people that use Dynamics 365 expect to be able to tailor that. I think they're going to add more to it, but I don't know that they're going to add so that you can completely tailor it. That's one of their ideas. This is this is also much cheaper. That's another strength. This is a much cheaper uh, product. This is uh, basically in Canada. This is you know ten dollars a month per seat when you uh, put it together with the uh, with uh, with this onboarding companion. It's fourteen dollars a seat so uh, per month. So it's pretty reasonably priced. Alrighty. So to wrap up on this interview, what types of organizations do you see using this product? Well, I, I think that there's going to be three. I think that uh, people that do a fair amount of LinkedIn recruiting should should add this. It's going to add more power to your LinkedIn recruiting so that you can actually then get the connection to the process. LinkedIn, whether it's uh, for, for recruiting, doesn't really have the formal, well, here's what we're doing in screening. Here's what we're doing with interviewing. Here's who you're going to see. Let's do you know some evaluation on them right through to an offer. LinkedIn doesn't do that. So if you're a LinkedIn recruiter, it's really going to help you a lot with that kind of thing. And then when it goes right into onboarding, and we'll talk about that in January. Um, so I, I think people that do a lot of LinkedIn recruiting, and I think uh, smaller organizations that do Lots of, you know, we're at ITK, we're in a growth phase, so we're doing quite a bit of recruiting. So we're going to use it instead of we have been using Indeed, we've switched over and now we're doing our recruiting through LinkedIn and th through uh, using this. So I think those those kinds of people, I think really large organizations, it's it, it depends on the rest of the talent suite because that gets into the whole human capital. So I think people that do a lot of recruiting but aren't, huge organizations are the people that are going to get the most benefit from it. Already lost to check in for in the new year. That's it for our review and for our end of the year podcast. Next up, David and I will switch roles and have one of our mini reviews. Welcome back. Now it's time for our mini reviews. In this podcast, we've got Andrew Walker, 
who went to work on learning what he could about Microsoft bookings. So to start with, Andrew, what's your bottom line on this product? Well, David, bottom line for me, it is a definite buy. I love the checklists on the homepage. It's a really neat layout, and there's some pretty cool features along the way that I discovered. Okay, well, that's great. Well, before we get into your review, why don't you just tell us... Basically, what does Microsoft Bookings do? Well, Bookings is basically an online app for small businesses that provide services to customers, basically through appointments. So if you had a customer, they can book an appointment through Facebook or online through the app with a code or a link, and they can see your schedule in a time that they want to be able to book you, which I think is pretty cool. So in, in other words, it links directly into Outlook, right? Exactly. Great. So what what do you think are the strengths and weaknesses of the product? Well, the first thing I liked right away when I was able to sign in was the fact that it uh, has a neat homepage and just the checklist header on the top telling you what you need to be able to do, such as setting up your profile, your business hours, your phone number. And once all that's done, it's an automatic checkoff for that. And then you just keep scrolling down to figure out what you have to add. As well, I found that booking activities um, was very helpful with tracking everything, basically all your sales, your net sales, how many customers you have. And another thing I found, I like the buffer time feature. And I agree with this as you can't always go from one client to the next. What I mean by this is that sometimes you might have a little bit of a 30 minute break in between a client. And we all know that if you're somewhere, you got to meet someone else, you got to drive all the way, you might get stuck in traffic, you got to have lunch, you got to take a micro break. Whereas this one with buffer time, it's able to solve that. Great. Uh, So far, it it all sounds uh, like uh, Bob's your uncle, but uh, any downsides at all? Only a couple that I found. With the booking page, there's not a lot of customizing options for the admin and for your company. Big example I found is that there's no way of adding a background image or even a cover photo on top. It's basically just the same basic Microsoft colors. You can't add, I mean, you can add your company logo as your your main profile picture, but you can't add like a background header of, you know, your company employees or another logo or whatnot. And I wouldn't necessarily say this is a con, but uh, just a bit of a quick note, make sure that on the calendar of your bookings page, make sure your scheduling policy is more than 14 days in advance. So I would set it to 365 because if you set it to seven days or less or 14 or whatnot, when someone tries to book you 14 days after or two months after, it's going to come up blank and you want to make sure that you leave it completely open unless you were to go on vacation for a week. So other than that, it's a total buy for me. Yeah, that's interesting. And as we, I already discussed in the feature product review with Dynamics 365 attraction and onboarding, again, that's one of the things that they're doing with some of these simpler apps is that they're simpler, easier to use, but they don't give you all the features so that you can configure them absolutely precisely. And uh, from my uh, perspective, uh, Bookings is fabulous for any service-oriented, as you say, small organizations doing service-oriented stuff. We've used it uh, for actually doing our recruiting. We're now going to be using uh, Dynamics 365 attraction and on onboarding going forward. But up until then, we were using Microsoft Bookings to allow the um, recruits to actually book in, and we found it great. So I think it's uh, applicable to anybody that needs to – share calendars with their uh, external uh, customers, etc. How dare you enter the Grinch's lair, the impudent, the audacity, the unmitigated gall. You've called down the thunder. Now get ready for the boom. Gaze into the face of fear. Booga, booga. 
last but most certainly not least to wrap things up, David brings us his final 2017 edition of The Final Thought. Thanks, Andrew. And I'm entitling this final thought, Madly Off in All Directions. There used to be a great comedy show up here in Canada on CBC Radio. Basically, this comedy show had its host traveling around to different centers in Canada, having a bunch of guests and putting on a weekly comedy show all over the country. Now, I'm not sure that Microsoft's trying to be funny, but they're certainly madly going off in all directions in a very frenetic fashion with more change that can be actually registered. First off, this part of it, they are sticking to. A key theme this whole year has been digital transformation, and they're sticking to this, and they're even adding to it in a really robust and meaningful manner. They're putting on literally weekly basis, putting on different events and getting the whole digital transformation theme out to clients, prospects, customers, and their own workforce. But new this year is a focus on business applications, of which Dynamics 365 and Office 365 are just one piece. It includes their Power Suite, which is Power Apps and Flow, Power BI, and the Common Data Service. But it also includes new products and services in Azure. They're also taking a vertical and, to a lesser degree, horizontal focus. App source has been added, which really is to provide these types of solutions to people using Dynamics 365. But on top of that, they've now started this whole solution maps by industry. Right now, there's six of them out there, but there's more to come. And this is all brand new in less than a month. They're taking each of their key industries. Retail is one example of it. Financial services is, is another. They're breaking down the processes and the functions, and they're starting to show how Microsoft can provide complete solutions to customers in each one of these industries across all of the different processes and business functions. Another direction that they're running off in is whole new ways of thinking about and getting to customers. They're looking at every possible spectrum of client, although I still believe that in the small business space, it's not quite there yet. For instance, they're building smaller apps. We've just reviewed two where they're creating smaller solutions, and this is allowing themselves and their partners to get into different companies, regardless of the rest of the vendors that are in that company, and then be able to create a good vibe around the Microsoft products and being able to cross-sell others. They're also building simpler apps for self-service. Andrew just talked about one of them, that you can do it yourself. You don't really need help with the implementation of it. They're going directly to customers, and they're starting to move away from 100% dedication to their partner network. And I think that partners are really going to have to change or be dropped. They're wanting partners to really be completely behind the cloud. They want you to be a CSP member. They want you to have specialized uh, services, specialized IP, particularly around verticals, as I talked about, whole solutions provision. They want you to be growing. They want you to sell your services and their licenses faster. Another thing that they've started to do is adding other software vendors right onto Azure and having their products, for instance, SAP is the latest, be part of the Microsoft Business Solutions set. Where is this going and where it's going to end? I have no idea, and it's way too early to tell. But we're going to experience more and more change, in my view, in 2018, which is mostly good, but can be confusing for partners, 
clients, and prospects. I think they're on their way to becoming something completely different, but I'm not sure exactly what that is. But like the old comedy show from Canada, they're going to be stopping at a lot of locations along the way. That'll do it for the final 2017 edition of the Managing Your Microsoft Digital Solution podcast. A big thanks goes to our contributors, Doug McLaughlin and Steve Ashenbrenner for stopping by. And be sure to check out our summary blog online at itk-d365.com and our main website at itk-inc.com. I'm Andrew Walker alongside David Crouch wishing you a happy holidays. We'll be back in the new year with more episodes. And as always, you are in the know.